Welcome to the Great Lakes Gear Podcast, where we dive into the minds of smart and strong individuals and shed light on the ways to keep your body a well-functioning one. Uh, my name is Colin Lake, and this is our second Great Lakes Gear Podcast. This is a podcast to help people improve themselves with self-care through strength and movement. We'll talk to smart and strong individuals. They use the tools that we believe in, steel clubs, maces, and of course, kettlebells. I'm a strong first elite instructor and have trained clients for 10 years. Before switching careers, now as the owner of GreatLakesGear.com, I want to help educate and motivate people to become better versions of themselves. To utilize these tools, uh, like I do and many others do as well. This is a podcast to pick the brains of smart and knowledgeable, knowledgeable individuals about their experience with strength and these tools. I'm very excited to kick this podcast off with Bud Jeffries. Bud Jeffries is a professional performing strongman, lifetime drug-free champion powerlifter, strength coach, author, and motivational speaker. He's written nine books and produced over 30 DVD titles, and maybe that's changed. Uh, I've done a little bit of research about you. Maybe you've uh, updated that since, uh, since the research that I've done, but that's uh, very, very impressive. I do want to thank you very much for uh, coming off, coming to the podcast today and uh, joining us. I'm excited to get uh, get some questions underway. Um, of course, man. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Um, so first off, I'll just dive right into uh, my, my question that I want to get you is, uh, what is your favorite kettlebell movement and why? I, I don't know that I have a single favorite. I, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't doesn't kind of add up in my mind that way exactly. I mean, I'm pretty partial to the one arm press. That's pretty uh, fair enough. That's a pretty big movement for me. That that pays a lot of dividends in the world that I sort of perform in. Um, for like I, so so in my travels and what I did as a performing strongman or whatever, and I like I went through a three year period where I I literally did a thousand shows in a three year period of time. I spoke at schools all over the United States. And in every one of those shows, I press somebody overhead with one hand because, because that's an easy, okay, it's not an easy feat, but it's an easy feat to travel with. All you have to have is a, is a belt for them to hold on to and, you know, that kind of thing. It's not, it doesn't work, it's not equipment intensive, so I could pare everything down to a suitcase. So when I'm in two to four shows a day, five days a week in a different, different city every night, it, it, you don't want to carry 7,000 pounds of equipment around to do, you know, to do that kind of thing with, um, I believe that's a key movement just for pure strength everywhere all the time. Like that personally, that's my, uh, that's my go-to upper body move, whether it's with a kettlebell or a dumbbell. Yep. Um, so I guess you have to say that, but I, I, I don't know. I'm pretty partial to the swings and snatches too. I mean, everybody kind of knows me in the kettlebell world from swings. That's a, that's a pretty big uh, thing for me. So that, you know, those two, those three are the super basics for me. Yeah, I also like to juggle, so that's kind of a, I don't know, you know, what I mean? like that whole favorite thing is me. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of a lot of fun things that you can do, and a lot of things that uh, will pay dividends. And uh, a lot of people want to, uh, whatever they're partial to is uh, what they're strong at, what they're good at. Mm. Um, and you're good at all those things, so <laughs> you're a man of uh, many skills. Uh, you're it's pretty incredible the uh, the feats that you that you can do. Um, and especially if a man of your stature, like what, uh, what are you sitting at? What, what, what's your weight and what's your height? Uh, depending on what I had for dinner last night, I'm running right about 300 today. Um, yep. I, and I'm almost, almost six foot tall, so awesome. five, eleven, something like that. So that's, that's why you make the 96 kilogram kettlebell look, uh, look kind of small. <laughs> I don't know about that. That's a big old beast, man. That thing is a, that thing is a beast. Well, it's, it's awesome to see you uh, working with that, Bill. Um, so when you're doing uh, your strongman, like, what, how did you get into that? Like, how did you get into traveling around and uh, doing these shows and, and speaking right. at schools? How did you get well, into you, that? you kind of have to know my life story, so I'll give you the, like, super quick version, okay? Sure. Fast as we can get through this. Because that's sort of – like, I believe that's my purpose in life. I believe all of us have this talent. They have something you can do, some way to help other people, whether it's getting people good products or getting people good information or, you know, maybe it's a nurse or helping people or whatever, that whole thing. So like three different times in my life, the doctor said I should, I should, I should have died. I should have been, not should have been born at five years old. I had a car accident that literally crushed my hip, fractured my skull, put me in a cast and put me in a hospital for a month and a body cast for three months. Uh, 17 years old. I had a car accident that where I cracked the windshield of a car with my head uh, everybody seen thought I was dead and 
all of those things kind of gave me this huge platform to talk about. Because if you look at all those things and what everybody said about me, I shouldn't be able to do anything I'm able to do today, much less of the things I'm, I've been able to do over the course of my lifetime. And one of the things I did was play American football. And in American football, uh, you know, it's all a collision-based sport. So I got five years of that, four years in high school, one in uh, college. And in, in college, I just a random hit in a practice, hit a guy, and it broke my shoulder. So the, my shoulder joint, your joints like this, the ball and socket, the backside of mine literally busted a chip off of and it let my shoulder come out of socket. But for me, it was a blessing and it was a, what I'd call a million-dollar injury, if that makes sense. And, and here's what I mean. At that moment in my life, I'm 17, 18 years old. I'm super dedicated to football. That's where I wanted to go in life. That was what I thought of. And all of a sudden, it was literally in one moment erased. And over the course of that season, found out what the real injury was and the, the broken socket. And, and But what they did is they told me, okay, listen, we'll pay for your surgery. We'll fix it and everything. However, you have a 90-plus percent chance because of the angle and the way this is put together that it won't work. Or you'll spend six months in rehab and six months with your shoulder strapped down, won't be able to move. You'll go back and play a week, and the pins we put in will break off. So That's, some, that's pretty uh, serious news. That's, uh, I'm sure you're very into it and want to continue on as a career in, uh, in football, right? So Right. Oh, absolutely. Well, that, that literally was the end of football. I mean, they, yeah. well, they said, you know, if you, want to, if you want to go to another college, we can do that. You can try rehab and do whatever. He said, but you still are, you're still looking at the same injury. And here's the blessing behind that injury. It let me mentally out of something I couldn't let myself out of. Does that make sense? In other words, I was so committed. It was so much hard work and so much direction of my life. And it just literally evaporated. And I learned that life has life changes and you have to change. And you have to go. And, but it, what it did is it allowed me to open into where I was really good at. And it's an injury that didn't affect me in anything else. It only affected me playing football. Only if you put on basically a giant plastic suit of armor and crash into another 300-pound dude did it, you know. But I, I could do martial arts. I could, once I got my shoulder rehabbed and ready to go again, I, you know, I've obviously been able to press heavy. I've been, been able to lift heavy in all kinds of different variations, been able to do all kinds of crazy stuff. And honestly, I was better at that, and that was more aligned to the purpose of what I believe I'm here for, is to share my story and to, to motivate other people and also to – uh, you know, to, to explore what's possible in the human body and just to tell people that it doesn't matter what hard has happened to you. Listen, I've broken like eight bones. Uh, I've been dead three times. You shouldn't be able to do anything. I should be able to do anything. You can still That's keep awesome. going and do those amazing things. And while I was, at, I was at the University of Florida when that happened, and I happened to go to this church, and this guy said, uh, who was the, the college age pastor at the time, said to me, he said, Hey, listen, man, I know what, you know, you've already, at that time, I was already a teenage national champion. I'd already been in powerlifting for three, four years and set like 40, 50 records across the state, regional, national level. And he knew me and he said, like, So listen, man, why don't you, uh, he said, We've got a guy coming in in two weeks who is billed as the world's strongest man. And it was Anthony Clark. I don't know if you know that name or know anything about him. Um, he may be, you know, prior to your time period, Anthony Clark was like the first guy to bench press like 700 pounds, 800, like the first guy to bench press 800 pounds in a wow. bench press short. Okay. Like he was just, an, he went, and he was this massive, massive dude. And he traveled with a prison ministry that was coming to that church and they would set up there. And he's like, why don't you do a promo for us to get people interested in him? Because I know you do some of the same things he does and that'll get people to come out and be interested or whatever. And, and he was just this amazing guy. And I spent a whole weekend with him just hanging out and taking him to different places and uh, crazy stuff. The guy was like five, five and about three forty. And he looked wow. like a, yeah, a dude, he had a 25 inch. Yeah. He, he looked like a, like a 55 gallon barrel with skin. Like it was just that kind of, it was just crazy and super. Like I watched him incline 405 for five reps so hard. It, it was like so easy. It looked like it was 135. Just ridiculous. He was incredibly <laughs> strong. And um, anyway, uh, I said, okay, I'll do that. And, and I, it was, I, at that time, you know, this is pre-internet. So I like had to look through magazines and try to figure out what people were doing on stage. And I'd seen a couple of stage shows and I thought, well, I can do some of that. So I kind of filled it out over the course of about a week and came up with a few feats to do and then told people about my life and what was going on and, and to come see this guy. But it sparked an interest in me and like, well, hold on, man, maybe I could do this for, maybe I could really do this for a living or maybe I could do, maybe this is the coolest thing in the world I could possibly do is, is kind of share my life with people as well as, you know, show them some cool stuff and, and the things that interest them in strength and that kind of stuff. And that kind of bred from there and, then I found out how hard it really is to create a career in that kind of thing. <laughs> and I, I, that's a beer, like it, it would be a hard path to go down, but uh, you've been doing it for quite some time now. Oh yeah. Way, way over 20 years. Um, it's uh, it's a extremely, extremely hard path. It's super, super hard path to go. Like you can't literally as a single performer and performing without a team basis, there's probably five, six guys in the U S that, that, and maybe even maybe 10 worldwide, maybe 
that actually make a living. Yeah. That have, that have actually made a living doing it. There's a, there's a lot of guys who do a show here and there, that kind of thing, but to get enough volume of shows or enough to, to actually make a living off of it. And I had to branch out and which is why, you know, me and so the internet came along and now I got had these books and videos and that kind of thing or whatever, teaching people about that kind of stuff. And that's, um, that's super helpful because, you know, any kind of live performance stuff, like, okay, I have friends who are live performers last year. It destroyed their whole, with what happened in the world last year, it destroyed their, that, that killed all their live performances that literally took their entire livelihood away. Absolutely. That's, that's a horrible, hopefully, uh, are you, are you traveling now? Are you performing shows now? Currently? No, I, I mean, I, I do a few here and there. I do like them for friends or that, but I don't actually heavily pursue it anymore. I don't want to, gotcha. the last years I pushed really traveling and I was traveling with a, with a booking agency. Like it was, I was on the road for nine solid months a year. Wow. And, um, which, you know, man, you get to learn about how, what it is life on, you know, like not a rock star, but you get that idea of being on tour that like uh, literally different place every night, different hole. That that's a crazy, crazy way to live. And, and it's okay. And I got to see, like, and I went, I circled the U S four times in three years and performed in 40, 44 out of 48 that's, states. Matt, uh, I'm sure you, it was an amazing experience and I'm guessing that you would say you wouldn't trade it uh, for anything. I wouldn't, but I would, I wouldn't, but I would not try at this moment in my life because yeah, the thing yeah, that yeah. happened where I, mean, I, I would want to travel that heavily again. I'm, I'm, I do a, I'll go out and do a show here and there or do a week or two or something, but I'm not going to do. And yeah. I prefer to right now, I prefer to experiment with what's going on in, in training and just kind of, uh, work off the internet that way. And we have some businesses here local that, you know, like I, we have a little farm that I work on and that kind of, you know, I, I prefer yeah. to be here for that awesome. kind of thing. I, I love the yeah. travel, but not that way. Well, you've already done a lot of it. Right. And uh, right. I'm sure that would be a hard, hard to do uh, for a long period of time, uh, let alone a short period of time. Like it's probably very difficult, challenging on uh, relationships and uh, uh, couldn't even imagine that actually. Um, well, like my, at the at that, when I was doing it, my wife and son could come with me and here and oh, there. Okay. So they, that not like all the time because it's such a super chaotic. So like, but well, they could come and stay a week and go home or that kind of thing. Or that, yeah. you know, so that's, uh, that was okay. Like if I had to be totally by myself, dude, it's, uh, it was, it's psychotic. You, you, you know, it's, yeah. it, that's a very rough way to live. But, uh, at the same time, like I literally got to speak to 300,000 kids in a three year period. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's, a, that's absolutely amazing. amazing thing that you've done. And, uh, what was uh, throughout all of that that uh, motivational speaking and uh, performing and and trying to get a message across? What what was the main message uh, as you were traveling across? Well, you know, it depends on everybody. It, it kind of modified over the years, and it's always it's always been a couple of things. I mean, I, okay, I'm a Christian guy, so when I talk about churches, a lot of that was about God, but a lot of it is about motivation in your life. Like I I say this all the time in our stuff, man. We're not meant to be sedentary living below our potential couch potatoes that do nothing with our life. And most people are living what we consider average is pathetic. And it's not because I agree with you. it's people like people just literally have a potential. They just don't know how to tap. And if you can look at my life and, and the lives of actually many strong men or many other you know people in that vein, I mean, literally I had injuries that should ne I should never be able to do the things I'm able to do. Why can I do them? Simply because it's been instilled in me that belief that you have a purpose, you can do it. And then the knowledge of that training or whatever we go. The last three years I really concentrated because it was a lot of school based work. And the last three years is uh, bullying, anti-bullying stuff, because I, that's again, that's a huge thing for me. Like I, if we can't be kind to each other and if we can't teach people to be strong and stand up for each other and that kind of thing, then we're, we're, we're really wasting the potential. Another potential of not just a physical potential, but, you know, we're allowing kids to be crushed by things that that are. Really that's horrible. an amazing, amazing cause, and uh, I, I couldn't think of a better one. That's, uh, that's absolutely amazing, too. Uh, it's something that's close to my heart. Uh, I, as, uh, when I was growing up, I had somebody in my family that was uh, heavily um, affected by bullying. So it's uh, it's a serious thing, and it's uh, an excellent cause to, uh, to raise awareness and uh, to help out. That's fantastic. Um, Moving on from that, I uh, I was looking at a few of the things as I was as I was doing some research before I uh, got on the podcast with you. I want to read an excerpt from uh, one of the books uh, that you have, um, or at least this was from the Dragon Door site that had your book on it. So the swing is the mother of all exercises that exerts muscles and anaerobic effort 
on every area and system of the body. The explosive snap of the swing builds up hamstring, back, quad, abdominal, and shoulder strength. It works grip strength and also explosive speed. It spreads the focus of the body so that many, many muscles, if not all the muscles of the body, are activated at one time. So we're talking about the swing here. So you said that the swing is that's one of your main movements. And that's, I was also reading here that uh, you were using that primarily um, when you were on a mission to drop like a little bit of weight there. Is that accurate? Just a yeah, that's, that's more than accurate and more than a little bit of weight. So, so you got to understand, yeah. okay, I, I was a big guy. I was always a big guy. And I talked about that car accident. Well, I'm in that car accident as a five-year-old. I spent months in a cast after I learned to walk again. I go in that cast as a little kid as a regular wiry looking little kid. Well, I come out of that cast as a, as a weirdly semi-muscular fat kid. And, and here's what happened. You, you know what shag carpeting is? Yep. You know, that, that real old seventies Austin powers looking heavy. Duty sure carpet. I pulled okay. it yeah. So that's uh, when I was a car accident happened to me in 1978 and I, you know, I'm five years old. I'm freaking out. That's the kind of carpet my parents had at night. So I, I got, I got a cast that weighed more than I did at that time that literally covers me from my chest to my feet. And I'd pull myself off the bed and drag, grab that carpet by the hair, basically, and drag myself around. And so I just, I went from a little, literal, literally little kid to a big shouldered kid, but also was so inactive because that's all I could literally do. I came out as a fat kid. So that, that is a what, part of what makes bullying a big thing for me. But, you know, also I come from like Southern people and I make this joke all the time about, you know, literally, literally the air here has calories when it's not even a thing. Like you can't even... <laughs> You know, everybody in my family's big and that kind of thing. And I, I was a big kid when I, I was like, I was 232 pounds the first Carlton meet I started out at 14 years old. So I was a big kid, big. And I played American football. And that's all about getting bigger. And I got bigger and stronger. And I was a super heavyweight power lifter. And I had this goal of squatting 1,000 pounds. And, I, and over a 16-year period from the first day I power lifted until I, until I got it done, it was 16 years to squat 1,000 pounds raw. Okay. Wow. That's amazing. And so my body weight, first competition is 232 pounds at – the time I squatted a uh, thousand pounds was between 385 and 400 pounds. Gotcha. Okay, so I'm really big and more fat than I should have been carrying. But at the same time, I, uh, this is all a learning experience. And if I had to do over again, I would have started with a lot more aerobic con conditioning when I first started versus building it later in life. But, and I watched this happen. So I, I achieved this goal. And I hang out at that body weight and do some other strength-based goals at that time for a year or two. But like at that time, I got looking at, you know, I got all these buddies who are heavyweight power lifters and who are super heavy and, and all of them are on breathing machines and all of them are on, you know, most of them are pre-diabetic and all kind of, and I decide this is a terrible thing and I got to drop some weight and I got to get back to a more reasonable body weight to do. And like, I hated at that moment, and I've, I've actually kind of developed a taste for it now, but I, I, you know, I hated running. Most 400-pound guys are not big on running. Most I can see why. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and honestly, you, don't, you know, at that time, I had done conditioning and stuff before and had really, you know, had a lot of athletic background. So I wasn't, like, terribly out of shape for a 400-pound guy. But at the same time, my sole focus at that moment was max strength. And it was, a, you know, it was building into some other things. And I, I had, it was beginning to open my ideas to the ideas I had today about combined strength and endurance work. But – I couldn't wrap my head around running five miles, but I could wrap my head around doing a hundred reps and I could wrap my head around doing 200, 500, 700. I could wrap my head around exchanging the idea of a one rep max for a 500 rep max or a, 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 the kind of thing you do with a kettlebell, the paradigm of the kettlebell. And mm. I talked to Pavel about that time and I started really doing, you know, he really kind of influenced my thinking on the swing. And I started, well, let's experiment with this and try it. And, and I, so I started doing swings and I started building up and moving, moving, moving. I started dropping weight. And over the course of a year or two, you know, two period, I dropped 100 pounds, over 100 pounds. And uh, my heart, you know, my resting heart rate dropped to 60 at, at 300 pounds or less. I mean, my, my, it's awesome. You know, so I, and I found out that like for me, for a muscular, from a muscular perspective, that allowed me to get muscular work and aerobic work at the same time in a way that was more in my taste rather than just sitting on an aerobic machine or that kind of thing. And I feel more real, more functional. In other words, most of the guys I know who can ride a bike for an hour, except for guys like Alex Vieta and people like that, they're not particularly functional in any other way. But I needed mm -hmm. to be functional for strength and all kind of other stuff. And that allowed me to gain to gain strength in almost every area or at least maintain the strength I had from being 400 pounds in almost every area and get into truly good aerobic shape that allowed me to be muscularly enduring as well as aerobic enduring and 
and it just opened a whole new door for me to training as far as like the stuff I do today and, and to the wide variety of combined muscular and aerobic stuff you can do. Like, you know, like past the swing, I got into like, you know, thousand rep snatches or like, um, you know, long distance sled pulling or that kind of, or like a thousand rep stuff with uh, sledgehammers or anything that, that gave me that idea of being absolutely enduring and rugged, but muscularly strong at the same time. That's awesome. Uh, that's fantastic stuff. So when you were doing that, um, you said you're, how long was the period? How long did it take you to get the, to shed the 120? Mm, about two years, two and a half. That's awesome. That, so, yeah. With the, how many swings sessions were you doing per week? I guess it obviously changed, but like, were you doing like prime, was it primarily just uh, swings? No, no, I was doing other, I was still doing a lot of heavy lifting. Okay, um, gotcha. I, I was still doing a lot of heavy lifting, but I was doing one or two, um, one or two, one really long swing session per week. Okay. And then, and then one or two, and I started to, I started out with probably two sessions and one was shorter, one was longer. And that was sort of based on like trying to achieve a new PR every time. So I either was going to do more total swings than I'd ever done or the same number of swings faster or the same number of swings unbroken without having to set the bell down or same number of swings with a heavier bell or uh, and there's a dozen ways to hit a new, you know, uh, new personal record or a new thing with that. For and sure. then later on I, I started to add more, um, you know, cause, okay. So I was reasonably athletic. So like high intensity, short, high intensity intervals were, were sort of in my alley to begin with, but that long extended like 25, 30, 40, 50 minutes of swinging without, with little or no break or without stopping period was heinous. So I was doing one really heavy session of that a week and then, and then probably a short one. But as I went, I started to add more total short conditioning or most of my stuff today, even the heavy stuff, most of the time, even when I do a heavy work, there's a conditioning element to it. Like I, even if I am doing like say heavy squats, I might, I might hit a punching bag in between sets or whatever to do, to keep a, I want to keep that kind of cardiovascular element started all the time. Yeah. Now I, I just think it's too important to, to dedicate only a small amount of time to, but at that time, one really intense swing session a week. And then sometimes like sometimes I would do one real heavy swing session and then do a one lighter one where I would try for, you know, 500, 800, a thousand reps or, or whatever and, and go from there that's awesome that's a, a serious bout of uh, like up to a thousand reps that's some serious uh, serious swing in there uh what bell sizes were you uh using up to you uh if you can recall well i started doing this sort of a uh almost like powerlifters would do with um with uh like a linear progression cycle so what i really the original goal i set to concentrate on was a thousand reps with a 53 pound the 24 kilo bell. Um, and like the first time I, that wasn't even in my mind the first time, the first, the first time I was just like, well, let's try this and see what happened. And I got to like 50 or hundred reps and was like, well, I'm going to die. So. <laughs> but, are you trying to get them unbroken? Like not putting the yeah, bell Yeah, I'm talking down? about unbroken. Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. Now. Okay. Let me, let me tell you how I do. Okay. So when I'm doing a super heavy bell, I'm doing much closer to an RK3 swing where it's a truly explosive. So it, this is a little bit more rhythmic. So it's, I qualify this as halfway between what a gear boy sports string swing yeah. and a, a RKC swing is. So it's a little more relaxed. It's, it's, and if you look at the original RKC material, a lot of it was the amount of power necessary to perform what you were going to do. So that that's more efficient. of a, like, right. So that kind of a thing, um, that was my original idea. But later on, I, uh, I kept, so what I would do is like a couple of weeks with that, then I would move up to a bigger bell, then go back to the smaller bell, then moved up to the bigger bell, or I might go like, you know, a 53, a 71 the next week an 88 the next week, and then go back to the 53. Make it feel light. And, and in doing that, you would like, you would almost immediately PR. Like if I could do a, a few hundred reps with that, but then I go spend a week or two with that heavier bell, I go back to that 53 pound bell and immediately get like 50 more reps without. That's really cool. I really love uh, picking the brain uh, of the way you're doing that because I, I want to do, uh, I have a goal of doing 60 Turkish get ups with a 48 in 30 minutes. Nice. Yeah. So that's uh, uh, keeping that high. I tested the other day. I could only do uh, seven minutes worth of it. Uh, so two, yeah, so I got a long way to go, but, uh, just talking about the way you're loading things up there. Um, I think I'm going to scale it back to a medium sized bell, like a 36 and then I'll, 
uh, do that for a few weeks, um, and then I'll uh, play out with some heavier reps uh, with the. That was up. that was really helpful to me. Is moving up and down with the bells. That, yeah, that's like, really cool. Huge differences. Yeah. I I, I typically uh, in my training in the last few years, I've I haven't really jumped back and forth very much. So that's very really mm -hmm. interesting, and I'm going to try that. I think uh, it'll do a lot for making that. Uh, the bell that you're working with uh, primarily feel lighter. Uh, so if you step right. it up a little bit and then back it off to it, uh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. Um, so I'm just going to go through my notes here. Um, what's your favorite physical feat or crazy training or accuracy-based challenge that you've done? You know what, dude? Everybody asks me this, and I literally cannot pick. I, like, it's a, everybody There's asks me this, and, like, uh, I, I'm kind of on this weird little mission. Like I, I, cause when I got past this whole thing and I got the, like this whole experience of like coming from powerlifting and then I got into strongman, I got into Highland games, I got into old time strongman and from playing football and different kinds of martial arts and, and other things. And then the other things my son was into and, and then, then came along at like ax throwing and knife throwing. And I'd always been a shooter. So I got some shooting based stuff and that kind of thing. And then, and the idea of combining those feats, like it kind of kicked off this idea of like, I want to see what's really humanly possible. It, it, um, I just want to say it looks so fun. Well, and, and there's the thing, okay? There's the thing about so that. Because like, people ask me all the time, how come you don't do a lot of the classical lists? Because I have 25 years of doing classical lists, and I'd like to spend the next 25 exploring what's possible. Yeah, like that's I, awesome. I've done some squats. <laughs> I, I've, you know, yeah. I've done that. Let's see what else is there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, excuse me. I, like picking one physical fit, man, I don't know. I, I, I really just don't even know because it's like I'm on this quest to, to catalog – like over the course of my lifetime, I'd like to catalog a thousand different physical feats. That's way just to see what, like I was counting up the other day and like, okay, like one of the things I've done is a classic old time feat of driving a nail through a board with your hand. I saw that actually. That like, was incredible. Right, like I've done it. I've done it 15 different ways just to see what's possible. You know what I'm saying? Just to see. And so like, I, I, I guess I'm going to, my favorite feat is the next one that I'm about to do. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Love it. That's fantastic. I'm always excited to see what you post about next. Like I'm always, it's always entertaining for me, and I'm always looking at it. And it's always uh, a positive and fun thing. So uh, it's well, fantastic. The next one I'm working post. on, I think this is only going to come out very cool. I got super close to hitting this the other day, and it's going to take another session to hit it or whatever. So the next feat I'm, I'm doing, I have an axe in one hand and a sporting clay on the axe, and I have a kettlebell in my other hand, and – uh, there's a string that's two foot long with a balloon tied to the kettlebell. So what I did is threw the sporting clay in the air and then threw the kettlebell up and hit the sporting clay in the air and then threw the ax at the balloon trailing the <laughs> sporting clay to try to hit the balloon before it hit the ground. And I, like, I got within like an inch and then I ran out of clay. So I had to, I had to, had to quit. But, yeah, so, people, are gonna be like, people say to me all the time, well, this is just circus mm -hmm. stuff. Well, yes and no, because if you, if you, it's fun. That's the whole point. And if you delve into it, okay, so what did I just do? Well, yeah, is it a circus feat? Are you yes, but I trained explosiveness, I trained accuracy, I trained timing, I trained, you know, Absolutely. all that all of that together at one moment. So why not do it in a way that's fun and entertaining and like dude, like and people I guess Absolutely. people just never get bored of what but I get bored. So like I <laughs> like I don't want to watch the same you know, guy lift a hundred. You look like you never get bored, though. <laughs> no, um, no, almost never, because like I feel like once you've mastered the basics of a set of things, if you get bored, it's on you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like you, if you can't yeah. let your mind loose and think, well, holy crap! Mm -hmm. And and really, there's a systematic. People ask me that all the time. Well, how do you get to be able to do this? It's a lot more systematic than you think. It's just like anything else. You learn to swing before you learn to snatch before you. You know what I'm saying? As, as in kettlebells. Well, if you learn to carry an object forward, you carry it, then you learn to carry it backwards. You learn to carry it sideways. And you learn to carry it in an unusual pattern. Or if you learn to throw something, then you learn, can I throw it with my right hand? Yes. Can I throw it with my left hand? Can I throw it at a smaller object? Can I throw it at a moving object? Can I throw it at an object while I'm moving? Can I throw it while I'm holding something else? Can I throw it while I'm doing something else with my opposite hand? There's a progression of every little thing that you, you just work through. I, I, I got like my dream property in my head and like, uh, I, I, it's, it's got a, a wicked athletic center on it. Right. And you're just dreaming about it. And one of it is an outside, uh, gym. Um, at, like at my house right now, I, it's very, very, like, I just have this, uh, basically Quonset hut in my backyard and my Quonset hut's pretty much my whole backyard. So I'm envious of your, your land that you have and the space that you have. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, 
one thing that uh, you you can get out there and and throw what you like and and just get out in the country. I I, I miss that. I grew up in the country and. Uh, I want to get away from neighbors and get my own property and uh, have some axe throwing and some right. Jeffries-inspired uh, uh, activities. <laughs> I think they would be a lot of fun, and I, I think uh, I think it's going to happen. It's on my uh, – you know, the, the, the secret, making it happen. Yeah, the secret to making that happen is a good economic plan to get that land and then try and then yeah. being prepared for the reactions of your neighbors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, if you've read the, the book, The Secret, just like kind of intuition, like making it happen, like believing it, making it happen, all that stuff. Um, I'm sure you do a lot of that, like putting your mind to it and uh, well, making it I happen. believe that, like, people talk to me about this all the time, and I think what I do, like what we do, okay, and you're going to get people who say, oh, you know, all you physical training people always say this stuff or whatever. But listen, physical training is one of the most mental things you can do at the higher levels. The more you do that, it's that's that's literally about using that whole what you think about becomes what you think about. It's literally about using that whole idea and focus and belief. Like uh, two people talk about, you know, like meditation and strength or whatever. Listen, if you want to learn what the how to get to a zero mind meditation spot, pick the heaviest thing you can hold and hold it on your back for two minutes. In two minutes, you will get to you'll jump 20 years in your meditative ability to get literally to nothing else is happening but the thing that you're doing. And in doing that, in pushing over and over and over, like, okay, I told you it took me 16 years to squat a thousand pounds. It took me a couple of years to get to a thousand reps of kettlebell swings or whatever. You are getting a level of mastery that applies cross-sectionally to everything you do. So you want to get better at, at, at getting land, at building a house, at money, at that kind of thing. Get good at one thing and then apply the skills of getting good at one thing to getting good at something else. Because it's all the same skills. It's all practice. It's all focus. It's all belief. It's all, you know, honing in on that zero that you want, that you want. Absolutely. Getting the goal in mind and keep working towards it. And uh, don't, don't keep your eyes off the prize. Keep working towards it, mentally focusing it. And uh, you got to believe in it and uh, keep working towards it. You got to, you got to have some sort of a plan as well. Keep working it. Um, Well, and there's the thing, like you can't, like people ask me all the time, well, how do you train all this stuff? You see little snippets of what I do on social media and everybody you see on social media, you only see the little snippets. You don't see those guys who are, you know, seven figure millionaires. What you don't see is the 18 hours a day of background that they're working. You don't see the, you know, you don't see the fact that uh, I've been doing swings, you know, heavily in the thousand reps for years and years and years to now I can be able to do this. And now I can, or I've been, you know, you, you don't see the incremental work, work, work. It's cause that's not, that's not easy to sell. It's not mm-hmm. easy for me to tell, you know, like I, I People talk about, you know, I'm going to make seven figures and make a million dollars off of this. Okay. You want to really know what the truth about most of those people, even those people who sell you that stuff are going to, are not going to tell you it's still the hard work. Same as people who tell you fitness books aren't going to, you know, fitness was notorious for giving the twice the, twice the gains in half the effort. That mm-hmm. is an illogical fallacy that, that cannot possibly happen. Yeah, don't, I same, really do same, now there's, there's ways to make things smarter and better leverage into what you do. For instance, all of my training is set up to leverage on top of each other. The max strength is set up to help the endurance. The endurance is helped to set the max strength. The accuracy and the coordination is helped to set the max strength. The strength is helped to set the coordination. All of that is dialed in in an efficient, logical way to make it all play together. So yes, that's work smarter, not harder, but you still have to work hard. There's no... <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. Not, and most people don't have any idea what, what effort really is. They don't have, they associate effort with pain. And from a physical perspective, if you're doing the most heinous set of squats or deadlifts or swings or whatever you've ever done, that is not pain. That pain is if somebody walks up and stabs you in the, you know, eye socket with a knife, that's pain. That's pain. That's pain. The other stuff is simply the byproduct of effort and it's discomfort. It's not pain. You have to really rewrap your head around the idea of what work is and, and enjoying work and, I like and really that. having to focus on what you really want. Because if you don't, it, people talk about it all the time, I want to get fit. Mm, okay, you do, but you don't really want to get fit unless you want to do the work to get fit. Mm-hmm. I want to make money. Yes, you want to make money, but you only want to make money if you are willing to do the actual work to get there. And you got to find the parts of it that you both enjoy and live with and are willing to do. Just to say I want to make money is really to say I want somebody to hand me money. I want somebody <laughs> to hand me fitness. That's not you want to work for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, it's definitely that 
you need to work for it in order to get it. That's for sure. Uh, results don't come easy in, uh, in whatever you're trying to accomplish. Uh, 99% of the time. That's for sure. Um, not a lot of things just fall in your lap. That's for sure. Well, and okay. And 99% of the time, things that fall in your lap, you don't value. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, it's, things that you really work towards feel so much better when you actually accomplish them. Right? right. And that's, and, uh, that's, that's an amazing thing. Uh, you gotta keep working towards. So what, speaking of goals and accomplishments, what are you working on right now? What are you trying to accomplish right now? Besides your, your um, next feat that uh, you're trying to get. Um, let's see. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm working on streamlining everything to make it the most efficient possible. And then it kind of share that information. So that's really the big goal. Um, as far as particular strength goals is the one you sort of sent me <laughs> is pressing that 211 pound kettlebell overhead. Awesome. And, and uh, that's probably the big strength based one at the moment. Um, I've been working a lot of major smile on my face, major smile on my face. By the way, that bell is a quality product and is an awesome thing. And you didn't ask me to say that or whatever. I'm not saying that, that thing is a beast and it's almost indestructible. And I listen and people send me like, you don't know this, but people used to send me equipment just to see if I could break it. Yeah. So like, (laughs) so like that's it. Like literally iron mind sent me a bar to see if I could mend it. Yeah. Well, um, I hope, I hope I don't see that break, but it's definitely, uh, that handle is thick. It's, uh, Oh yeah, that won't break. There's no, there's no breaking the whole thing. That's a, I mean, maybe if you dropped it off the top of a house or something, but I, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, it's, I can't wait to, uh, to see it overhead. Uh, I'll definitely be reposting that video. That's for sure. Um, I I think it'll be, I think probably in like, uh, people don't know this. I don't know what to say about this or whatever, but like a bell that big pressing it is one thing and it's super brutal to press, but fixing it and, and keeping it there for even just a couple of seconds is just absolutely brutal. Cause you don't, you talk. I'm sorry. Could you say that again? I had a little bit of intermittent issue there. Could you repeat that one more time for me? Sure. Sure. Something people don't, you know, like the next goal with it is that 211 pound bell and I'll put the bell overhead but like it'll probably take me just being honest about training and what's going to do. It'll probably take me a minute to actually be able to fix it and hold it for a significant period of time because the size of a bell that big, when you go to press it requires an entirely different body position. It requires an entirely different shoulder position. Like you can manhandle a 53 pound bell and just let it sit on your arm. When that bell's 200 pounds and the, the size of the ball goes from this to this. The leverage on the forearm. Absolutely. And that's part of the, I designed uh, a few bells, uh, the 60, 64, uh, 72, 76, 84, 88, 96, 100 kilogram kettlebells. I designed them with uh, Zach Kutcher and Kettlebell Carl. Um, So we kind of wrapped our heads around uh, what we'd want in a, in a very large kettlebell. And we I was thinking about it for pressing uh, perspective. So I really, and Turkish getups, because I got to think for Turkish getups. I want to do the 72 kilogram getup. I haven't got there yet. Uh, it's still on my hit list. Um, but uh, yeah, I designed it with a very large window, uh, so it would sit farther down. Um, it's it's amazing the different bell types. Uh, so if you have a 56 kilogram kettlebell and, uh, with a a very small window, and you have a fi- uh, the same bell size but a very large window, it feels very 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 different um, right. when it's overhead uh, or in rack position anywhere. But uh, yeah, it's it's incredible. One of my goals is actually to uh, to have a kettlebell uh, online store with uh, different options for uh, window design. So have a kettlebell, and you can pick say whatever the twenty four kilogram kettlebell, and you can have window size A, B, or C. Um, to fit, That'd be uh, that would be extremely interesting because you could you could sort of customize it to what fits you better. Yeah, and um, some like some people are nerds and they like doing single arm swings. Like I was uh, chatting with Mark Riffkind. Um, and, uh, he, he likes, uh, like the smaller, uh, handle size bells cause he does a lot of single arm swings, right? Well, as, uh, what I wanted was uh, a much larger handle. So I, it didn't feel like it was going to snap my wrist, uh, when you're compressing it over. I'm sure at certain weights, it doesn't really matter, uh, what the design is. It's still going to feel like it's going to snap your wrist. But, um, I did have one belt, uh, set of kettlebells and there's a very, very small window and I could do a Turkish cat up with a 56, no problem. And I got this new bell, uh, 
new bells in with new design. It was a much smaller window and I tried to do it and I couldn't do it and I was frustrated, but I learned, I learned that I shouldn't be frustrated. It's actually a tool. So now I use the design of the kettlebell into training. So if I want to make something easier, harder, like I can uh, use that bell design uh, in the training to kind of make it more discomfort. I won't use the word pain anymore for that. It's training. It's a little bit of discomfort. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think it's interesting. And yeah, it's pretty cool. But um, one thing I did want to, uh, to get out there on the podcast is um, use your platform of strength um, and demonstration to help bring awareness to a nonprofit uh, organization that you uh, have brought up. It's called uh, Noah's Army Foundation. That's in memory of your 21-year-old son um, who passed away of a motorcycle incident. I just want to say that as a father, um, I, I couldn't imagine going through loss of a child, uh, what you've done uh, with this foundation and uh, raising awareness and uh, bringing uh, more awareness and, and helping out first responders and uh, women in crisis and domestic violence and uh, helping. Um, this is an interesting one, helping uh, develop a music program for children with long-term health care. That's all really amazing things to do uh, in the name of your son. And I just want to say that um, that's just amazing. And uh, you're a strong man uh, mentally, physically, spiritually, and uh, just uh, thank you for doing what you can, and, and in the name of your son, I really appreciate it. Uh, and I'm sure you. Appreciate, you. appreciate you bringing that up and talking about that, and, and ultimately, that's the, like, people ask me, you know, why do you do all this crazy stuff? First of all, because I don't want to be bored, but second, I want you to be entertained, and what are you more likely to watch? Are you more likely to watch me curl a dumbbell, or are you more, li more likely to watch me throw our target at something on fire and shoot it out of the air with a bow and arrow while I'm lifting a rock or the other, I mean, what, you know? And, the, and really, the whole point behind this is because I want you to see the more important things, which is your your innate, incredible potential, and then the other things that are important to us, which is Noah's Army, and that's a – and I believe that. And there's people out there going through some crazy things. You know, you never know what, what's happening in somebody else's life. And I believe that the training that I have done over a period of time actually literally helped me survive that because when you look – that and, and my wife also, because when you look at the statistics of what happens when you lose a child like that, something way in the in the if you track the statistics of parental suicide or, or divorce it's way into like 50 60 70 percent in uh, like immediately after and it, because it's a crushing thing it's like a bomb i couldn't even, couldn't even imagine like i i never ever want to experience it never want no, anyone it's obviously that's horrible and uh i don't it is cringe thinking about it um, but, but uh, that's amazing that, uh, you're strong and you're together and, and you're doing well uh, on that end. And not, not only that, yeah, um, you are doing really good and getting awareness out, um, for that foundation. And that's, that's, you've turned a negative into a positive. Um, uh, if not, if that's a, a weird way of putting it, um, now no, that it's I not, I mean, that's, that's really literally what, what we're trying to do. Is, okay, uh, well, I, I thought yeah, it was uh, just as I said that. I'm like, oh shit, did I just say something I shouldn't have said? There? <laughs> no, no, and, and I understand because it's like literally this is one of the hardest things to know what to say to anybody about. How, it is. How to, like how to respond to that. And, I was nervous. Uh, I was nervous about chatting. <laughs> you you have to you, you have two options when something like that happens. You can either curl up and die, or you can decide to go above and beyond and make something better out of that. And it's much more comforting to make better things than it is to just wallow in misery, which you can easily do. I mean, most people, that's what most people choose to do is just literally sit in the misery of that. That doesn't go away, but you can choose to make things better and choose to, and I don't think anybody you lose wants you to sit at home and be sad. They want you to continue to live and bless other people and help them. And, and we were just carrying on the things that my son did. All those that's things are, every one of those things are directly related to him. And, and, and you know what, why, why shouldn't we be doing that? Do if, we want our world to be a better place. We're all talking about that now because of the crazy things happening. Well, what are we actually doing about this? Well, yeah. you know, this is, this is, this is a small part of what needs to be done, but it's what I can do right now. So let's do it. Well, I very much appreciate uh, everything that you do uh, for that. And I'm sure a lot of other people do as well. Um, I'm sure a lot of people look up to you um, and who knows, uh, maybe someone else has gone through something similar and they've seen something, uh, your story and, and, uh, I'm sure that uh, if they did see it, uh, it would give them motivation because uh, well, we've actually had quite a few people contact us with that and, and tell us about, you know, Hey, listen, we went through something similar or we went through and, and people you never know about. And like I had close friends who had lost children before and I've had people who come out 
and we're super happy to like, I pretty regularly get notices from people about, Hey, I became an organ donor today because of, you know, what I saw you talk about. And that's what we want is just listen, if we can influence people to help other people that way and to carry that on, then we've done the best we can do. We've done, you know, we've done our part to help the world. We've done our part to carry on our son's legacy and we've done our part to make the world make, to make life better. And, and that's a, that's the idea here. That's the whole point to what we're doing. So, well, that's, um, that's awesome that you've uh, started up that foundation. I'll definitely be putting that link up on the, uh, on the podcast. Um, I, I just want to say uh, today, it's been a great, great, great chat with you, bud. Uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for taking yeah. the time out of your day and, uh, and chatting with me. Um, it was, uh, it was a great experience. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that next feat. Uh, that's, yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, so let me get that one again. So you got a kettlebell, you got a two foot string, a balloon on it, and <laughs> you got a clay pigeon. Is it a clay pigeon? Yeah, it's a clay pigeon. Yeah, it's a little okay. round yeah. clay target about four inches across. So you got a clay pigeon. So, you're going to throw the clay pigeon up in the air, and then you're going to throw the kettlebell at it. And, yep, and hit the break the clay pigeon with that, and then the balloon will be trailing that, and then with my other hand, I'll throw an axe and hit the balloon, hopefully all before it hits the ground. Wicked. That's fantastic. I can't wait to see it. Uh, any uh, estimations on when uh, when you'll be hitting that? I'm sure when, when you try these, how, how does it ever just get frustrating and you just keep going for like an hour and a half yeah. and try until you nail it? You're like, I'm well, so a close. Lot, a lot of, yeah, yeah. And especially with like, I've got video of two fails that I did. I'll, I'll be posting soon <laughs> where I'm like this, I hit the clay and I miss with the ax by like this <laughs> And you can literally uh, hear me in the video go, ah, like, yeah. <laughs> actually I haven't had that. It depends on the individual feet. And you like, sometimes when I come up with these things, you never know what it's going to take. Like uh, people have asked me that, well, which one was the hardest? I'll tell you what the craziest feet I, as far as hard to do and catch all at the same time, like this one, I, th this particular feet we're talking about right now, I'll probably hit this week, this week or next week. Um, I, that one, it takes a minute to dial in. Like there's just so much going on all at one time. You have to dial each part in and that takes a minute to do this one. I'll probably hit next week. I, I came within two inches of the balloon after about 15 tries. That's hitting the bet. That's breaking the clay and just barely missing the balloon. So I'll do, you know, that's um, it just to fit the individual thing, man. Someday like, okay, I wanted to hit a paintball in the air with the ax. That took me two tries. That's crazy. I saw that video and I'm like, how the hell does he do this stuff? I, and so, like, you've done some of the stuff blindfolded as well. Yeah. So I've done yeah. – I'm trying every direction you can do. I'll tell you what yeah. the craziest one I ever did, though. Not It's not the craziest I ever did. And it's one of those things where, like, old-time strongman used to talk about this. Like, this is the hardest one I ever did, but it doesn't look as impressive as some of the easier ones. But I don't know. I, I did a thing where I had a bow and arrow in both hands and a target off to the side. And I swung a kettlebell all up in the air with the bow and arrow, and I threw the kettlebell in the air and then shot the target and then caught the kettlebell. Okay. I, I, that one took me like 200 tries <laughs> to get because that is so much harder than you think it is to be able to, to no, throw. No, I was like 200 tries, that's it. <laughs> I, I thought we were get <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, can't, I actually saw that video, um, and I, I was actually – thinking I'm like that it, it probably isn't harder than it looks that looks so hard how many how many tries did, how much time did that take like but it's yeah that one I, took that one took probably three different sessions three three or four different sessions but that's uh, a battle in your head after uh, after a while. You're uh, a mental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm really happy. Uh, sorry, go ahead there, bud. Yeah, it, and people say it to me all the time. Well, and like you, okay, you have enough, enough experience with what we're doing to get it. Like that actually is super freaking hard to do because the <laughs> yeah. amount of like the amount, the ability to be able to shoot accurately with and be able to the hand speed to catch that thing. And all at the same time is, is super freaking hard. But like a lot of people are like, well, that looked pretty easy. Like, yeah, it might look easy, but you don't know. <laughs> it, yeah. It's like, it's like a car crash stunt. It looks great on film when they actually make it perfect, but it was hella hard to get it done. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, yeah. Well, it, I couldn't imagine how, how many uh, bloopers you have. I'm sure you have uh, quite the blooper oh. reel. 
Yeah. Uh, of, of all kinds of stuff, of crazy stuff. I did one one time where I threw a I don't even I, I threw a bell in the air and shot a target offhand with a pistol and I, I think I actually threw it at I threw the bell in the air, broke a clay target and shot it, but I but one of the misses the kettlebell instead of going in for me, I, I threw it at the target and it was more straight up than I thought it was. I shot the target with this hand and the kettlebell and the handle came down and whacked me right in the side of the face. Oh man. The way by and, uh, <laughs> that, that was smart. Yeah, that one's a little on the rough. That one was a, a touch on the rough side. That was a, I mean, yeah, I got a, there's a crazy blooper of, of just about every one of these things, man. You don't know that. And sometimes my wife's like, I hope he doesn't die. We do. Yeah, I mean, just, I'm not looking. I'm not looking. Yeah. And she got 20 uh, plus 25 years of looking at this and being like, okay with it. And seeing me do like, you know, special person do that stupid stuff. Like, I can't believe you're going to do that. That's not that, yeah. That's like awesome. that, that's my that's kind of my point right there. If she says something about I hope you don't die, I'll step back and be like, hmm, maybe I <laughs> yeah. maybe I, I gotta second guess second guess this. Make sure you have the plan. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to the drawing board, just double draw it, make sure things are lined up. Yeah. Make sure I'm not missing something here. Uh, you know, and I'll come up with the dumbest, you know, why shouldn't I be able to hold a live cougar with one hand with a kettlebell and the other and see what <laughs> I I'm I'm always interested to see your next post, like I said. It's uh, it's great. And uh, you have an amazing message, and um, I'm sure you motivate uh, thousands of people. And uh, I know you have, and you'll continue to do that. Um, that's absolutely amazing. Um, again, I'm going to have the, the link for uh, Noah's Army uh, in our, our podcast here. Um, I urge everyone to go check it out. And if, uh, if you're not, maybe consider becoming an organ donor. Absolutely. Awesome. I, I am. Um, Okay, uh, thank you so much, Bud. I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, and talking to me today. Uh, it's yes, been sir. a great a great time with you. I look forward to uh, getting a, another uh, podcast done. This is episode two in the books from GreatLakesGear.com. So thank you very much, awesome. uh, and uh, I'll be sure to notify you when it's up. Thank you very much, Bud. Thank you, man. I appreciate what you do. The bells are awesome, and you guys uh, make sure you check out Great Lakes Gear. And uh, thanks, thanks for so much. spreading your information and doing what you do, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, awesome. I'll be looking forward to your next post. Thank you very much. Have a great day, sir. You too.